3: you won't want to be driving alone late at night after listening to this episode, you might find that something is watching you from the roadside. Welcome back to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and this week we're looking into Haunted Roads. It's no wonder that some roads have a haunted reputation. With so many people travelling down as well as crashes and highwaymen, it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for a spirit or two to reside on these roadsides. We recently heard from Matt all the way in Australia about his father's experiences of the Stockbridge Bypass and the ghostly children that were seen by workers constructing the road in 1988. And when the workers approached the children, it's said that they vanished into thin air. The report stated that the children were dressed in old-fashioned clothing and it has been said that there were the souls of children who went missing in the nearby mine shafts years before. Well, after hearing about this road, we just had to delve deeper into these haunted roads. Now, I'm going to read to you a piece written by Paul Adams about a ghostly hitchhiker, and it was published online by the History Press. So imagine yourself driving down a lonely country road at night. You're alone with only the car radio and the dashboard lights for company. As you round a bend you see coming out of the blackness a solitary figure standing thumbing for a ride. Do you stop and offer a lift or do you pass the traveller by and continue on your way? I know what I would do. Maybe you'd think that someday you might be in the same situation yourself and decide against your better judgment to stop and help out. Almost 40 years ago, a young tradesman from Bedfordshire decided he would play the Good Samaritan and pick up a stranded traveller. It was to prove to be one of the most chilling and convincing paranormal encounters of modern times. Late in the evening of the 12th of October in 1979, 26-year-old carpet fitter Roy Fulton from Dunstable was returning home from a pub darts match in nearby Leighton Buzzard when he stopped to give a lift to a young man standing on an isolated stretch of Station Road on the outskirts of Stanbridge. Notions of ghosts and the supernatural were far from Fulton's mind. As being an avid Liverpool supporter, he was casting his thoughts ahead to the following day's match and the prospects of his favourite team. In the glare of the minivan's headlights, he saw a youth standing on the nearside verge thumbing for a lift. Deciding he was going to either Tottenham or Dunstable, Fulton came to a halt in front of the hitchhiker, who walked along the road towards the van. He was casually dressed in dark trousers and jumper and wore a white collared shirt. Nothing seemed to be out of the ordinary. The man opened the passenger door and got in. When asked where he wanted to go, his only response was to point ahead further down the misty road. Fulton let in the minis clutch and the van pulled away. The journey continued in silence for some time until Fulton decided to offer the youth a cigarette. It was at this point where what had been a completely ordinary and familiar situation suddenly crossed over a threshold into the strange and frightening world of the unknown. I leant forward and picked up the packet of cigarettes, he later recalled, turned round to offer the lad one, and that man or boy was not sitting there. Stunned, Fulton pulled the mini to a halt and, turning on the interior light, looked into the back, thinking that the youth had somehow climbed into the rear of the van. There was nothing there. Roy Fulton was completely alone. Now terrified, Fulton drove in a panic to his local pub, the glider in Lowther Road, Dunstable. Asham-faced and shaking, he blurted out his terrifying story to the landlord Bill Stone and a group of regulars. Two things haunted him about his experience... That the eerie pale faced youth was somehow part of an earlier traffic accident which had not been reported. And secondly, that the sad silent figure would somehow follow him home. Fulton was later interviewed by writer and researcher Michael Goss and in 1985 took part in the respected television documentary series, which I loved, Arthur C. Clarke's World of Strange Powers. On both occasions, he told the same story without any deviations or embellishments. That one night in October 1979, he took A Ghost for a Ride. Many countries as diverse and wide apart as Sweden, Pakistan, Canada, Korea and South Africa all have their individual and specific phantom hitchhiker tales. But the experience of Bedfordshire motorist Roy Fulton ranks as one of the most compelling and thought provoking of all time. And as I said, that was written by Paul Adams. How absolutely fascinating. I mean, I would never pick up a hitchhiker anyway, and I advise you not to as well. Please don't do it. But can you imagine how frightening that experience was? And if he wasn't a believer in ghosts, then I bet you he is now. One of the most haunted roads in the world is located in the northwest of Niagara Falls, Ontario, in Canada. Now, to drive down this road, you must pass through a tunnel which runs underneath what was once the Grand Trunk Railway lines. Now, these tracks link Niagara Falls to Toronto and New York City. And it's said that if you light a match in the tunnel, the match will go out and then you'll hear the screams of a dying girl. The legend begins with a young girl that met an unfortunate fate. There are a number of versions to this story, but each one has similarities in that she lived in a farmhouse on the south side of the tunnel. One night as she slept, her house caught fire. She woke up and scrambled to get out of the house, her clothes catching ablaze. She was able to reach the tunnel before falling to the ground and perishing. Some say that she was set on fire deliberately by her father and some say she was murdered and her body burnt in the tunnel to hide the evidence. Now, I wonder if her cries have ever been recorded or captured on EVP. And if it's a busy tunnel, would you be able to hear her cries? I might decide to dig into this case a little further. Moving closer to home and my home, one of the most haunted roads in the UK is the M6, but he didn't know that. Well, of course, some of you will. Did you know that the M6 is one of the UK's oldest roads? It was built over 2,000 years ago by the Romans. Now, that I didn't know. Now, this could be a case of stone tape theory. Motorists have reported seeing groups of Roman soldiers marching across the road in the dead of night. And if that's not enough, there are also phantom lorries driving down the wrong way of the road. And people have reported driving past a troubled woman who's constantly asking for a ride now goodbye car ads they write junctions sixteen to nineteen and basically i 'm slap my junction is slap right bang in the middle of that are particularly accident prone and this is so true every single day there's some sort of crash or fatality it's it 's a horrendous place and we were told actually that underneath um that Part, particularly of, of the M6, Junction 16 to 19, that there's an old burial ground. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, but why is this particular part of the M6 accident-prone? Why do so many people crash there, possibly die? Um, Is it because of this, um, you know, burial ground? And so many tormented souls and ghosts have been seen and reported, such as hitchhikers that vanish into the night and eyes that have been spotted watching passers-by from the bushes. The Paranormal Database is a great website examining folklore, paranormal and cryptozoological locations in the UK and beyond. There have been a few entries from the M6 and one of a small pickup truck on the M6 near Birmingham. And here is the entry on the Paranormal Database and it's entitled Small Pickup Truck. So it says location Birmingham West Midlands M6 near Birmingham type. Unknown ghost type date unknown further comments author paul Devereux reported overtaking a phantom pickup truck alongside this stretch of motorway apparently with no driver the truck disappeared once mr Devereux had finished overtaking how bizarre is that and here's another one another entry on the m6 toll road near litchfield in staffordshire have been I can't tell you how many times we've been through that part of the M6 and this is entitled The Legless Man location Litchfield Staffordshire M6 Toll Road near the town it's a haunting manifestation type and it was in December 2005 uh, Sue Cowley was driving her husband and child home uh, and they stopped when she saw what she first thought were animals crossing the road as Sue stopped she realised that they were shadowy figures dressed in Roman clothing the A group of 20 or more men crossed the road waist deep in the tarmac as if it were water, though it did not impede their movement. And it's very, very interesting Uh, because our producer Molly has has just put a little bit a little note for me here to read Uh, and she's put interesting that they were found lower than the road was this because the roads were a lot lower back then Uh, my mother told me of a similar ghost story in a road near Northwich that her friends were travelling down in the car and as they were driving a horseman crossed over the road but the strangest thing was uh, that it was at the level of the car bonnet so could this be because the road was higher and my answer to those two questions are absolutely definitely yes yes
4: The ultimate podcast for Married at First Sight fans is here. This is Recapped at First Sight.
2: The new podcast keeping you up to date on all the love, fallouts, drama and secrets as the Married at First Sight UK bride and grooms try to make happy couples.
4: And we're your happy couple right here, in a professional sense of course. Join me, Kat Shoeb.
2: And me, former Maths UK groom Bob Voise, every morning after you've watched the latest episode on TV.
4: Plus we'll have some special guests along the way enjoying our very own wedding breakfast.
2: You bet the caterers, right?
4: Uh, about that. Recapped at first sight. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. hello?
3: Now, this week, our story comes from Dean, who got in touch on email with his paranormal experiences.
2: Hey there, Um, Dean here. I just wanted to say I'm an absolutely massive fan. Yourself and Carl are one of the reasons why I'm absolutely obsessed with the paranormal, cryptozoology, and just generally the, the spooky side of life. But... Yeah, so um, I've listened to every single episode of your podcast, absolutely love it. It's probably one of the best podcasts out there. And in the past few weeks, I believe you've done an episode on cryptozoology or like Bigfoot. So this kind of perked my interest to get in touch with you and tell my story. About a month ago, me and my wife, it was a Thursday evening. We decided to go out for an evening meal. We live on the borders of like South London and Surrey. So the particular restaurant that we went to this evening was in Box Hill, which is, is fairly rural, so uh, we had our meal, we left the restaurant about uh, 9 o'clock uh, and as, as we was leaving, I'd stuck my main beams on because we were in the middle of nowhere and it was absolutely pitch black. So a few cars had come by so I took the main beams off and we were just plodding along this road, I say plodding, we was doing sort of 40-50 miles an hour. Um, I decided to put my main beams back on because it was just so dark and you could barely see the road in front of you and as I stuck my main beams on, what I could only describe as a creature crossed the road. You know, first glance you would have thought it was a dog, um, but then it was just way too big to be a dog. It looked, it had the colors and the huge bushy tail of like what a fox would have. It had a large snout, Um, you know, we tried to calm ourselves down and tell ourselves that it was a fox, it was a deer, but it was just way too big to be one of these. Um, It literally looked like a German Shepherd kind of Alsatian type thing, but just huge. It was like two, three times the size of an Alsatian German Shepherd. It looked like a wolf, but it was, a, it was more like browny, like an autumnal sort of color. And it just strolled across the road. And the thing that sort of made it stand out to me was its shoulder blades. They really sort of came right up as it was like prowling across the road. You know, only like the way I can describe like when you see like leopards and cheetahs and they're walking and their shoulder blades go right up. Um, and yeah, it just walked across the road. It didn't seem to be phased by us at all. I slowed right down and it just crossed the road, walked into the bushes and never to be seen again. And I literally looked at my wife and I was like, what the hell was that? And she isn't a huge paranormal fan and she's fairly skeptical, but even she looked at me with her mouth open and was like, what? was that a dog? And I was like, no, that was not a dog. It was absolutely huge. And literally for the, the rest of the journey, half an hour, all the way home, we just literally could not stop talking about anything. It was the, just, we was gobsmacked. And as soon as we got home, my wife <laughs> Googled it. And there's actually, um, an input sort of on some kind of webpage about this thing called the beast of Box Hill. And some guy reckons he had come face to face with what only he could describe as like a, A crazy wolf kind of creature, but, you know, I don't think there's no wolves in this part of the country, especially so close to London that we don't have wolves. I don't even know if there's wolves in the UK, right? But yeah, I could be wrong. But I just wanted to share this story with you. Um, It's the first time I've ever experienced something like that myself. Like, I'm absolutely gobsmacked with what I saw. There's no way it was a fox, a deer. There's no way it was even a dog. It was just way too large to be a dog. But, yeah, I just wanted to share my story with you. Um, I hope you're keeping well, and I can't wait for more episodes because your podcast is absolutely amazing. But, yeah, look after yourself and keep up the good work. Um, Take care, everybody.
3: Cheers. Bye-bye. Hi, Dean. Thank you so much for your lovely comments. And of course, thank you for getting in touch. Box Hill. I've been there many, many times with my lovely husband. So what the hell was it that you saw? And when you said it had a large snout, that sort of, ooh, that made me my ears prick up a little bit. You mentioned that it was like a German shepherd, but it was like Twice the size, and it looked like a wolf, but it wasn't a wolf. You just know, don't you? How absolutely terrifying. So, did you see the beast of Box Hill? Now I decided to have a little uh, rummage around, and I did find a piece, and it was a report from Surrey Live, and it was written by Charles Wade Palmer and Laura Hartley. And um, they talk about um another witness who claimed to have seen a creature at Box Hill. So, Dean, could this creature that I'm about to to describe to you be the same that you encountered. So this report goes a man has said he felt like he was being watched in a chilly encounter with what he claims was a big foot type. Beast in Surrey. Andy McGrath, an amateur athlete who also happens to have written a book about cryptozoology called Beasts of Britain, was training in Box Hill when he believed to have seen a six-foot ape man. The supposed chilling encounter happened, he says, when he was having a rest period on some steps, which was after he had heard wood knocking Interesting. He said he felt like he was being watched after hearing footsteps and breathing and later turned to find the beast staring back at him. He said, even as it walked away, he could smell a lingering stale farm animal stench. And he told the Daily Star, During my training session, I heard wood knocking. I can't say how many knocks because at the time my focus was on training and I did not know that wood knocks would have been linked to what I was about to see. I just remember thinking to myself, What's that noise? as it was loud but distant and seemed to come from several directions. A good 25 minutes of resting on some steps with a recovery drink passed before, he says, he heard the noise getting closer, but first dismissed it as a dog walker. He continued, It was still daylight and I could hear footsteps coming down the hill. I didn't look around at this point as I was sat to the side out of the way and expecting a dog walker to go by. I then realised that the person walking down the stairs had stopped. I could hear breathing and I had an unsettled feeling that I was being watched. He went on, I turned and looked over my right shoulder and there stood about 10 metres back to my right hand side and up the steps was what I honestly believed to be some sort of ape. Its fur was a brown colour with patches of grey. The face was very human-like with a flat nose, but the jaw was big. It looked out of proportion to the head. The head was domed at the top. The animal stood on two legs, but appeared to slump forward and the arms were long in proportion to the body. Andy added, the animal was very thick built. I can only say solid muscle. It was frightening. The build of this thing. I'm not sure the height from the angle I was at. I could only estimate six foot plus, but I'm not sure. The animal stood staring at me for about 30 seconds before turning around and walking off, but still watching me as it left. I could smell a stale farm animal type smell which lingered. Andy admits people might find it hard to believe his claims. He said, what most people find hard to fathom, of course, is how such an animal could escape detection in a land such as ours. That is ostensibly one of the most thoroughly explored in the world. And to that, I would say simply that it's difficult to discover something you're not seeking to find. As a researcher, Andy admits he used to laugh at the idea of Britain being home to such creatures, but now thinks reports such as his Box Hill Ape Man should be taken seriously. The Beasts of Britain author followed up on the report from summer 2012 and investigated the scene where an unknown creature allegedly approached a member of the public. So... Is there a Beast of Box Hill? Listening to Dean and reading Andy's account, I would say that there definitely is. Is there more than one? I, I I listened to your description, Dean, and you mentioned sort of like it had reddish fur, Um, you know, and Andy's description, but you're seeing it with your headlights on. Andy's seeing it in the daylight. He says it sort of had this sort of brown fur with grey patches. Could it be the same creature? I don't know. So, not only do you have to look out for possible ghosts whilst driving our roads, but now keep your eyes peeled out for any strange creatures. I tell you what, my Mary Poppin soundtrack is going to be on very loud when I next have to travel alone. I'd certainly need more than a spoonful of sugar if I do encounter anything weird and spooky. My advice is, and to you, Dean, from now on, just don't ever get out of your car. Now, Back to haunted roads and here's a list of some of the most haunted roads in the UK and if you know of some more then you've got to let me know. The app named A666, Mwah. I just had to do that, forgive me, also known as the Devil's Highway, has claimed one of the top spots as the most haunted road in the UK due to the numbers Biblical Association and because it's known for the appearance of numerous entities. In 2015, dashcam footage captured a strange white creature appearing out of nowhere and slowly making its way towards the petrified driver, I think I've seen that image. It's really scary. You can even hear the screams of the passengers as they cry out for help. Several car accidents have also occurred, many due to sightings of a hunched-over figure hobbling at the side of the road. Others have seen dark shadows that have caused drivers to suddenly swerve, sometimes into other vehicles. The A75 in Scotland... Over the past 50 years, the A75 has gained the reputation of being the most haunted road in Scotland. It's a four mile stretch known as the Kinmount Strait, and it's where most witnesses have reported strange sightings. Now, these have included eyeless apparitions, witches, ragged peasants pulling carts and even spooky horse drawn carriages. On a few occasions, motorists accidentally run over pedestrians, only for them to disappear afterwards. Can you imagine the trauma that you would go through driving a car, thinking you've hit someone, and then it's gone? I hear about this quite a lot, actually. Now, as far back as 1957, a truck driver swerved to avoid colliding with a couple walking in the road. But immediately after stopping the vehicle, he saw that they had completely and utterly vanished. Now, we talked about this next one, but there are a few little more details in this, Stockbridge Bypass in Sheffield. Now, it was open to drivers since 1987. Uh, The A616 Stockbridge Bypass was built to connect Sheffield to Manchester. Now, the stretch of road between Sheffield and the Peak District has been a supernatural location for the last 30 years. Even during its construction, security guards spotted a group of children in old-fashioned clothes, which you talked about earlier, who then disappeared when approached. But there's more. Sightings of a medieval monk cloaked figures and bodies in the road. Now, this is a new one to me. I've heard of the medieval monk. I think we talked about that on on one of the last podcasts. Um, But bodies in the road apparently have been commonplace for years. Wow. And once a police officer reported that his squad car began to shake and that a man's torso pressed up against the window. I mean, that's proper horror movie, isn't it? Can you imagine you and your missus or you and your hobby and you're there and you think, do you know what, love? Let's go out and sit and look over at the, to the peak district. Let's go up there. Let's go and sit. Just quiet. We'll pull in here. And you're sitting there. You've got your flask and some sandwiches. It's dark. A Bit of romance might follow later. I don't know. And all of, all of a sudden your car starts to shake. Not through uh, any romantic gestures. And then a man's torso just happens to be pressed up against the window. And disappear. I mean, you'd want to go to a pub, the the, the nearest pub, and and have a shot of whiskey, wouldn't you, after that, if you could. (gasps) How frightening. Now, moving on to Platte Lane in West Horton. On the surface, Platte Lane may appear to be just another quiet, inconspicuous road. However, it runs uncomfortably close to Pretoria Pit, the site of one of Britain's most Catastrophic mining disasters. On the 21st of December 1910, around 350 men and boys died from an explosion and subsequent carbon monoxide poisoning. Those poor, poor souls. Motorists have reported ghoulish eyes staring back at them from the hedges on the roadside, groups of ghostly miners carrying pickaxes and pulling cars, as well as eerie voices coming from the pit itself. And for this reason, Platte Lane remains on many lists of the most haunted roads in the UK. Now, we talked about this next one, at Bluebell Hill in Kent. I remember when we did a, a podcast all about haunted cars, but it's worth just... Having a look at it again because I think it's absolutely fascinating. Um, it's uh, the location uh, is called Bluebell Hill, and most paranormal fans will know of this haunted part of the uh, of the UK. On the nineteenth of November in nineteen sixty five, three women, including a twenty two year old bride, Susan Brown, were in a fatal car accident. All of them tragically died a few days later from their injuries. But since then, numerous sightings of Susan in a white dress have been reported and drivers have even stopped to offer her a lift. One person recounted that she got into the back of his car before vanishing into thin air and more than 50 people have reported spotting the apparition on the roadside after her passing so that's such a shame so is that as i mentioned before in a previous podcast is that a um recorded haunting stone tape theory or is she stuck is this poor uh spirit stuck can't quite believe what's happened to her and she's re you know going through the process over and again i think it's more of a memory i think it's more of a of a recording to be honest uh, from my point of view because i can never quite um believe that um you know, a spirit will be trapped. And I know that they are, but, um, I don't know. I just find it hard to believe that this, this young bride will be trapped, um, you know, hitching a lift and looking very upset in her bride gown. Um, I, I like to think that it's sort of, cause she doesn't interact with anybody, does she? I think she sort of just is going through the motions. Interesting. What do you think about that? Now, the next haunted uh, road, Flash Lane, Darley Moor in Derbyshire. Since the 1990s, residents and visitors of Flash Lane, uh, it's a quiet country road in Derbyshire, and they have had their <laughs> fair share of sightings of, yes, you've guessed it, the classic, a headless horseman. Um, uh, phantom peddlers have also been observed, one of whom was murdered nearby at Darley Dale near Matlock. The victim's ghost went on to haunt a neighbouring road near St Helen's Church, uh, often referred to as Ghost Lane. Um, and UFOs and Black Panthers have also been spotted. Black Panthers, wow. That's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Big black cats going across the road to skate to death. They've been spotted on many occasions in this area. And the road has become so synonymous with the supernatural that many locals are even afraid to travel along it. What is it? What's it called? Flash Lane, not going there. Uh, I'll only go there with the, with a the paranormal group. <laughs> I'm not going there on my own. Uh, The A677 Preston New Road in Salmsbury. As the legend goes, Lady Dorothy Southworth, who lived at Salisbury Hall, I was going to say that name rings a bell because of course I've investigated Salmsbury Hall, uh, she lived there during the 17th century. She was a Catholic who secretly fell in love with a Protestant. On the night they were to elope, her brother killed her lover and she was banished to a convent abroad where she went insane and eventually died. Although many sightings of the white lady thought to be the ghost of Lady Dorothy occur inside the hall, these include counters have spilled over onto the a677 numerous motorists strangely most of the male have reported several ghostly appearances and apparitions whilst driving on the stretch of road past salmsbury hall and many tragic car accidents have also occurred as a result so thanks to can i just say thanks to hippo leasing and gareth woods for all that information Now, you've often heard me say that when I'm traveling alone late at night, that I can get a little bit worried. I can. And it's when I start winding down into the dark, claustrophobic country lanes that I begin to sweat a little bit. And it's just because I've heard so many people talk about their spooky experiences along these, I call them paths of time. And indeed, I believe that's what they are. Well, I think so. Paths, roads, going back in time. Over the years, perhaps hundreds of years what started out as little dirt tracks that people would have used to get from one village to another have all over the years experienced some kind of accident argument leading to uh, death uh, or just uh, and then later when the motor car was invented crashes fatalities of course On the right occasion, the right time and right date, a spirit or spirits may well choose to show themselves to a poor, unsuspecting motorist. I've often said to my family when we're on a car journey, especially on the motorway, look, there's a poor man alone walking along the hard shoulder. He looks solid, wearing modern clothing, but how can we be sure he isn't reenacting his last movements before his death? Or perhaps his spirit is stuck in the place where he met his end. So next time when you're out in the car, driving in the night and you're on your own, keep an eye out for pedestrians or strange, unidentifiable creatures. And your first phone call you make to me. Get in touch yourselves with any paranormal stories that you've had. And if you have had a paranormal or unexplained experience or driven down a haunted road and seen and experienced something, please let me know. Thank you for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and a huge thanks to all our lovely listeners for sharing their paranormal stories with us. You can get in touch and share your own stories at this address. It's contact at paranormalpod.co.uk and we are on WhatsApp and you can leave a lovely voice note for us. And the number to ring is 75 That's 75 27537 And on Instagram, our handle is at Paranormal Activity Pod. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow and we'll be back again same time next week. But if you can't wait until then, visit us at this address. It's www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find options to get episodes a day. Have a great week. Stay safe, my lovely friend. And remember, things aren't always as they seem.
0: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week.